Well, good morning. <clears throat> and it is a good morning, right? <clears throat> I'm glad to be here with you this morning and uh, been blessed again just in um, the, the feel that God's Spirit is here and that He's the Spirit is moving. And <clears throat> I, was, I was just blessed by the references that were made to, um, to light because that connects with what I was thinking about. And, uh, and also, um, Leonard mentioned in his prayer, seeing God's face. Do you want to see his face? <clears throat> I would like to um, take you on just a bit of a journey with me here this morning. <clears throat> Some things that, I've, that I was thinking about as I thought of sharing something with you. And to start off with, I'm going to read just a few verses from Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> the end of chapter 5. And hopefully, um, I don't know. I don't know how it is for you. But sometimes you're you read a passage and you kind of go down a trail. And I want to try to take you down the trail that I went on. So, <clears throat> is this me or you? Okay. Matthew five, and I'm going to start in verse forty-three and read to the end. You've heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. <clears throat> Think with me just a little bit um, about the word perfect. <clears throat> how many of you, if I would ask you this morning, how many of you would raise your hands if I asked you if you're perfect? Any takers? No? How <clears throat> many of you are familiar with that verse? Do you, do, you, do you read that and think, oh, God wants me somehow to be perfect? <clears throat> um, look, look back with me at what is the context of... Jesus saying those words. He says, love your neighbor. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. And then he says that you would be the children of your father. Who's he referring to? Who? Who is it? God. Don't, don't be scared to talk. All right? 
<clears throat> that you would be the children of your father. Because how does he act? What did he say? Okay. But, it, but he gives a little bit of an explanation. What does it say? What does he do? Who does he make it shine on? Evil and the good. Both. Yeah? And what else? Both both sides. How is our father? Anyway, if you think of that with um, you know, think think of this. We we, we tend to be I'm trying to trying to get my thoughts together so that I take us where I want us to go. We tend to think of this as um, we we don't think of it in the world of there being more than one God. Do do we think of there being more than one God? Are you with me there? Do you think of it? Ever think about um, if you would be familiar with? a world where idolatry is a thing and following God is a thing, then you're comparing the two ways of thinking. Why do people who follow a, an idol, a God, other than the God that we follow, why do they follow that God? What's their reason? Maybe I should ask, why do we follow a God? Did you ever stop and think about it? Don't people who worship idols, they're not actually worshiping that thing as much as they're worshiping a God who is, um, ah, what's the word I want? Depicted? That's not what I want, really, but you, you get my point, maybe. This is the, the representation of their God. Why do they worship that God? Isn't it to hopefully get what they want? Get what they need? And so you serve that God in order to be able to live. Is that why we worship God? You know how often as you as you read about idols or idolatry, that type of thing, the the picture that is given is that you have to do these certain things so that this God will do certain things for you. <clears throat> it's it's a world that is driven by fear, I would say. Because if I don't perform right, if I don't do the right thing, this God's not going to meet my needs. It's not going to do what, what will keep me alive, what will keep my family alive. <clears throat> do we get hung up on that as well? But you know, one of the things that I find very interesting is that our God, the true God, He's not like that. Because what does He say? He sends the sunshine. He's the one who actually controls it. And he sends it on who? Both. 
the good and the bad. And He sends His rain on the just and the unjust. It's not dependent on my performance, whether I'm good enough or not. And then He says, you be like your Father. Now, how is God in comparison to the other gods? How would you say? Just in one simple word. Okay, that's a good way to say it. I was thinking more along the lines of, is he the same as the other gods? He's alive? How about the word different? So, so just, just as a comparison then, think about be different like your father is different. How often do you find as you walk through life, we tend to, I don't know, is this true? I hadn't really thought this through. Do we tend to just act like the people around us? You know what I mean? Isn't our tendency to, if someone, well, what does he say? If you love those who love you, is that such a great thing? It's not that hard, is it? Is it hard? Not really. Or if you're friendly with your friends, not a big deal. Is it harder to love those who don't love you? Anyway, as I was thinking about in here, in this translation, it uses the word perfect. Do you think of somewhere else in Scripture where it talks about someone being perfect? Any, any, anything come to your mind? Job. Okay, Job. I didn't think about that one. Um, does it actually say that? Yeah, it actually says that about Job, does it? I'm trying to think now. Yeah. There's someone else, and it's before Job, or before, it's, it's earlier in Scripture at least. <clears throat> no. That may be true as well. A little bit after Noah. <clears throat> I was thinking about the verses in Genesis 17 where God comes to a man who he has called out to be the father of the group of people that he calls to be his people. You know who I'm talking about now? Abraham. Actually, here he's still called Abram. It's right at the point where he gets his name changed. And God comes to him, and, and Abram, Abram is 99 years old. Anyone here meet that? <clears throat> Abram, the Lord appeared to Abram, and he says to him, I am the Almighty God. 
walk before me and be perfect. Wow. How would you feel if you were in Abraham's shoes? Sandals, maybe. How would that make you feel? How do you walk before God and be perfect? Some translations say be blameless. I don't know if that changes the feel somewhat or not. Walk before me and be blameless. Be perfect. There's another scripture that I, you know, this is interesting because I actually started with this next scripture and that's, I went back to this one and then I went back to the one that I started with, with you all here. Um, There's another scripture that talks about these descendants of Abraham and the, the call that God places on them to walk before him. <clears throat> so maybe rather than spending more time here in this this little passage, let's go to Isaiah. <clears throat> I, I think part of part of what was in my mind as I as I was I'll say following this trail. Um, do do you all pay attention to the world around you at all? Do you? And even the larger world, you, you pay attention to what's happening in our world today? Leonard made a comment about, um, what did you say, some, some mention of things seeming dark or something like that? Do you feel that way? Does it seem like things are a bit dark in our world today? Um, you know, as I, as I think about what's happening, and I don't pay very close attention to things like the news and stuff like that. I, I do sometimes, and, and sometimes I'm like, just I don't need to know all that stuff. Part of the reason that I feel that way is because when I focus on those things, I start to feel like the world is really dark. And I think part of the reason for that, at least it seems this way to me, is because that a lot of the focus, at least if you pay attention to the news, a lot of the focus is just the dark stuff. Is that actually an accurate picture of our world today? And I don't know, but I'm really curious if our picture of the world being dark is an accurate picture. Because do this this week and do it longer than that if you can or want to. Look for light around you. 
Instead of looking for darkness, instead of looking at the, the things that are readily put in front of you, because they tend to be those dark things, especially if you're listening to the things that are coming in from, I don't know how to term it, out there. Look for light. And I, I think you will be amazed how much light you find in our world if you look for it. Because <clears throat> I have been. And I find over and over that I see these, I, I think sometimes that they start as glimmers of light, and I'm amazed how often they become blazing lights in our world. And there are things happening. Our God is at work, and He's doing good things in our world today. <clears throat> so look for the light. <clears throat> now, Isaiah, I, that, maybe that was a bunny trail, maybe it wasn't. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 2. The word that Isaiah the son of Amoz saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come ye, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I'm going to stop there because... I want to think with you just a little bit this morning again about what does it mean to walk? And here Isaiah says, walk in the what? In the light. I love that. Did you, did you mention light? What does it mean to walk in the light? And we can say, follow Jesus. And that's true. <clears throat> um, as I understand it, the terminology that Isaiah uses here for God's people, and I will say it that way rather than saying for Israel, because I believe that we as followers of Jesus join Israel. We become, we don't replace Israel. We join Israel. We become God's people. So those words are for us today as well. And he says, come, people of God, walk. That word, I think, and this, this, is, this is what I've come across, that term is not um, you can or you can't. It doesn't matter. It is, do it. House of Israel, people of God, walk. 
in the light of the Lord. Now, how do you, how do, you do that? How do, you, how do you follow God? And, and, and I think, for me, as I think of those other passages that I read, especially the, the one, those Jesus words, I get a little bit nervous when I think of him saying, be perfect like your father is perfect. Can we do that? And I get to the place sometimes where I almost don't even want to try because I'm just, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to mess up. Can we actually follow him without fearing? Can you do that? Or do you find yourself being just a little bit nervous as you try to follow God? Maybe it's just me. <clears throat> I feel that sometimes. Like I'm, I'm a little bit scared to, to try. trying to think how I want to do this. I want to do just a little bit of an illustration for you this morning because when I started reading here in Isaiah, it when does it say that this will happen? Did you notice? What does it say? Verse 2. In the last days. When is that? What's it talking about? Okay, so is it in front of you or is it behind you or? Okay, so we call it what? In the future. Is that what we think of when we hear those words? I think you're right. In the last days. So, think with me now. It are are. How do I say this? Where's the future? Okay, so how do you picture it? Not? Okay. That, those words there actually have an interesting, um, an interesting idea in them. Because it can also be translated in the behind you days. Now make sense out of that. In the behind you days, these things will happen. So, how can I do this? I need two volunteers. You won't get embarrassed or anything, just, all right, come on up here, somebody else. Thank you. I need, let me see, what's your name? Derek. Derek, all right, and your name? Madison. All right. Madison, I need you, you will represent the future, okay? You stand right there on the, no, just right here by the edge. Yeah, just like that. Derek, I need you. Let me see. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to play God, okay? And Derek is going to walk before me, and I want him to be perfect. Can you do that? 
know. <laughs> See, here we go. But I want, I want, I want, you, I need you to walk before me and be perfect. Now I'll help you, but you know. So I, I will give you instructions, and I want you to walk towards the future, and I want to, uh, I want you to follow my instructions. And you know that perfect word as you walk. Got it? Yep. Okay. So take a step toward the future. Okay. Now step to your left just a little bit. All right. Now go forward one step. Now to the right just a little bit. Okay. Uh, no, step back. I, I need you to go farther to the left. There you go. All right. Now another step forward. Do you, do you start to get the feel of, is, is that how we do as we walk before God? Let's trade places once, Derek. You be, you be God, all right? And, I, and this, this, is how, this is how I tend to walk. Now, I don't know if you find yourself here or not, but I, you know, I'm I'm, I want to walk before God, and I want to be perfect. And I'm walking towards the future, and, and I... I so he gives me some instructions, you know, and I, and I take a step. Is this right? Is that okay? Is this? Am I doing it right? Do you, are, do you, are you with me at all? Is that how we live? Let's swap one more time. Okay. <clears throat> and this time... I want you to have the future in the behind you days. I wanted you to take a step towards the future. And now go to your right just a little bit. And now a step towards the future. What is the difference? Thank you. Does it make any difference in how it feels when you're walking like that? Thank you. You know, what are you actually looking at when the future is behind you in this instance, you were, you were looking at God as you backed up. And that's, I forget if that's actually here. But the, the idea is to look at God's face as you go towards the future. But what else are you seeing as you... Does it make sense to, you know, as I thought about this, and I'm just... I'm just thinking out loud here with you now. Where do we get the idea that you shouldn't look back as you follow God? Do do, do we have that idea somehow? You younger ones, have have you been given that idea somehow? That you should... and, And as I thought about that, I wondered... Do we somehow imply, Paul says, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back 
because I think that I have sort of had that idea that I should just be able to look at the future and go that direction. And I shouldn't look back because that means that I'm failing somehow. Do you ever stop and think about how often God tells His people in Scripture, remember? What does it mean to remember? What are you doing when you remember? You're looking back at things that have happened already. What does He tell them to remember a lot of times. Remember what I have done for you. What happens as you have the future behind you and you're looking at God and you're looking at all the things He's done? Does that at all change what's happening in here as you face all the uncertainties back there? Does it? It does for me. Because as I look back on all the things He's done, I see a God who cares about us. I see a God who sends the sunshine on everybody who sends the rain on everybody, who takes care of us, who he cares about us. And then I don't actually have to worry so much about what's going to happen, because you know what? When I get here, it'll be okay. Because he's got it. One other little thing. O house of Jacob, O people of God, walk in what? You said it once. Walk in the light. Now, How well do you know this story? Pretty well. Where is light first mentioned in Scripture? Do you know? You should know. I think you know. It comes before that, actually. Genesis 1. Verse... How close to the beginning? Not verse 1, but it's pretty close to verse 1. What is... In the beginning, God created, and the earth is... Okay? The earth is formless and empty. It's total chaos. 
And then what happens? God speaks. And what are the first words out of his mouth? Let there be light. Now, once again, think just a little bit. Is this outside the box? I came across this idea recently, and I'm kind of intrigued with it because, you know, I think of it, I tend to think of those words as being, well, God created light. If, if, again, if you can put yourself in the context of a world of God's, whether it's true or not, I don't think matters so much as, as think of it from the perspective of people who thought it was true, that there were multiple gods. The way a god is introduced to you, the things that he says is how he wants you to view him. <clears throat> what is the first thing that God says? Let there be light. How do you think God wants you to view Him? What is one of the most fundamental things that God wants you to know about Him? I think it's that He's light. And as I thought about that, and then I saw these words, and He says, Walk in what? The light. And it's all through there. And so as you walk, facing God, facing the light that has been there all along, you don't have to worry about what's back there. You don't have to worry about what's coming. And, again, I I give you the challenge. Look for the light around you. And maybe here in a place like this, maybe you see the light all the time. You know, you see each other doing nice things for people. I hope so. But look for those little flickers of light. And it's... what's, What's the... What's the, um, you know, when you buy a new car that you think is really, you've got it now. All of a sudden, you notice them all over the place, right? Have you ever experienced something like that? That happens when you look for light as well. Because when what you pay attention to, what's important all of a sudden you'll see it everywhere. So God bless you as you follow the light and as you are like the light and be lights to other people, be lights to in, in our world as well.